This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing. If you or a loved one need mental health assistance or are experiencing a mental health crisis, call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of FYI, All Things Mental Wellness. Our guest this week is arguably the funniest man on morning television. He has a long list of personal accolades, which range from defeating a 93-year-old woman at table tennis, hitting a golf ball from Victoria all the way over to New South Wales. He's written and performed his own song. He's been electrocuted and naked on live TV. As clever and as funny as he is, he also has a serious side to him. And without doubt, the thing that Bernie and I love most about him is his advocacy to mental health. He lost a mate to suicide and since then has been a voice for mental health and an ambassador for Are You OK Day. With his high profile and busy schedule, the fact that he accepted an invitation to come on our podcast shows you the genuine qualities of the one, the only, Sam Mack. Welcome to FYI. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. It's my pleasure to be on. I want to point out that I wasn't electrocuted while I was naked. There were two <laughs> separate occasions. I just want to make sure because I don't want people Googling that. <laughs> I nearly not put them two together, but I thought, ah, oh, why not? Makes it a little bit funnier. <laughs> Amazing where people's minds go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think, buddy, it's uh, it's the, the biggest thing, and thank you again, is the biggest thing that you know I can see from what you do day to day is just that the fact that you're spreading positivity out there. You know, it's... Um, we talked about it a little bit off air where there's been a bit of doom and gloom going around, but it's a wonderful thing to be able to spread joy and happiness to people and just take a little bit of the non-serious side of life and inject it back in and go, you know what, we really are bloody kids when we're just doing all of this life business. And sometimes we just grow into adults and the stress and the pressure that comes with it all. And, you know, and yeah, okay, sometimes, you know, we lose friends along the way, and, and but we get taught lessons from everybody else that we talk to, don't we? We do. I, I thank you. I think that's that's something that my producer and I, Sean, human emoji, who yes. features on the show a lot, we both are happy, fun people. And obviously everyone has their days where you're not feeling it and that's okay. That's so normal. But we pride ourselves on our segments and we're on every half an hour, every weekday morning, seven times. So we do a lot of TV. We pride ourselves and when they come to us, Nine times out of 10, we want it to be something that is lifting spirits, something that is celebrating people, something that's bringing in energy, something with silliness. You know, we want kids to be laughing. And because at the start of the day, you know, you've just woken up and some people, they might not be happy in their job or they're having problems with their relationship. And if they turn on the TV and they see our segments, we want them to feel a, a, a positive energy that makes them go, oh, life's not so bad. You know, there's a few things that, you know, I want to be better, but life overall is not so bad. We all want and, and you're right, it, there's nothing better to start the day with something like that. Hence why, you know, personally, we tune into Sunrise. It is a nice way to start the day. What injects you first thing in the morning? Because, I mean, you've got to get yourself uh, up too. I mean, you're normal, you're human. You're just another bloke yeah. out there, really, aren't you? Um, you know, just because, yeah. you know, you've got a... Uh, 
Um, what do you call it? A strong nose? What's the word? What'd your mum call it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll give you the side profile. I mean, uh, <laughs> we should be live on TV. <laughs> However, I, I still don't have the strongest nose at Channel Seven. I think Koshy's got two inches on me, and my oh. nose we're talking about. Ah, uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> we'll just widescreen the whole thing from there on. No, it's um, look. It's um, it's what gets me going is feeding off the audience. You know, like social media obviously has its critics in, in some areas, but I, I find so much joy from social media because it's put me in contact with people that I otherwise would never have formed a connection with. And it, the power of social media is endless. Like you see it with big campaigns and movements, how people can jump on something and it can actually affect change. So I get feedback from viewers first thing in the morning, or I like that shirt, or you should have ironed that shirt or whatever it is, positive, <laughs> negative, but it's, it's good getting that conversation going. So I feed off the energy of the audience. We're normally with crowds of people. So I want to make it a great experience for them because they, that might be the only day in their life that they are ever on TV, that they're ever meeting someone from Sunrise and they might watch Sunrise like you guys every day. So no matter where we are, whether we're in Warrnambool or whether we're in Melbourne or Sydney or whatever, particularly when we go to the regional areas, it's a big deal and people are excited to have us and we want to make sure that they get a positive experience out of that. So you feed off their energy. Plus, I love what I do. I, I love that I get to do live TV every day and there's an adrenaline that comes with live TV and I'm a performer. So I want every cross to be great and I take it very, very seriously. But one, once that green light is on and you're live on air, I'm in the moment and I'm so focused on whoever I'm chatting to and I want to make the most of my couple of minutes and squeeze everything into it. I think the big thing too is, mate, from outsiders looking in point of view, you choose positivity. You choose to have the story that has an uplifting outcome. You choose to look for the for the for the uplifting part of the day rather than, you know, the doom and the gloom. So I mean, I would think then that that's a great life lesson for people is to say, you know what, you can you've got a bloody choice here. I agree. That's a really nice way to put it, Bernie. Thank you. Um, you're absolutely right. I do choose it. And I think I do that because positivity attracts positivity. Agreed. So if you're putting out good energy, you're more likely to get good energy back. You know, you think think about it, not even, not even TV, like just think about it on personal terms. If you're at a party and you're chatting to random people, you're meeting people and there's someone there who's just whinging about everything. Oh, this food's terrible. Oh, I hate this music. You don't want to hang around with that person. You want the person at the party who's saying, oh, you've got to meet my friend. She's just mm -hmm. done this amazing thing for charity. Come and meet Kelly. You want to meet those positive people. So that's how we approach our segments as well. I don't want to get bogged down. The news is already depressing enough. I want Absolutely. to get the fun stuff. I want to celebrate people. I want to, you know, get people heading out to their day at work with a spring in their step going, you know, I saw something really cool. Oh, that person was great. I love what they're doing. I'm going to go and achieve something today. But you, you can even pull out of what you've said there too, Sam, and, you know, like how you get yourself up, you engage in your audience and, and you know, you, you take – that from it, we can take that to normal everyday life as well, who we choose to surround ourselves with too and feed off that energy as well. So, yeah, there's a lot we can take out of that personally as well. And and you're right. I mean, how many times when you, you gave that instance of being at a function or something like that, my mind straight away went to, <laughs> you know, when, when I've been in that situation, I think, God, I'm going to go to the toilet so I can just get away from this person and go and talk to them who look like they're having a lot of fun over there. Yeah. And and you're right. That's, yeah, absolutely. That's it's, not always easy to do though, is it, mate? Because, I mean, you've got times when um, life hits you, smacks you in your face, and yeah. when we talked about your friend Richard uh, when he passed away, 
that was a massive trauma and having been through a similar experience, um, and I say similar because not everyone has, you know, exactly the same way of, yeah, uh, you of know, ex- experiencing that loss. When you go through that, you've got to find something to keep yourself going, don't you? You've just got to find that little bit of an edge, find someone to talk to who's going to not, you know, put their arm around you and coddle you necessarily, but give you a purpose and a reason to come out the other side. And I've read a bit about your book too, and and, and with, you know, the way you're talking about Richard's family and the interaction you've had with them over the years and how you've all grown together. And it's not about forgetting somebody. It's about remembering them, putting them back into the moment, you know, laughing about the fun times and, and embracing the story of life, injecting a little bit of positivity back into all of that. Did you at the time, as we go back a few years now, did you have someone at the time that you could actually have a chat to? I mean, because you're very new. This is pre-Are You OK? This is pre uh, what I do with Black Dog Ride and pre any discussions about mental health and suicide and, you know, and the outcomes of all of that. Did you have someone at the time you could chat to? Well, that's a really important point that you make there. And I do talk about that in the book as well, because, yeah, this was before 2010. Um, and it's amazing how far conversations, particularly amongst men, which is, you know, the area that I'm, you know, doing a lot of my work in and what you guys are doing with Black Dog as well with the ride. Um, I'd never had any experience or connection to a mental health problem or situation. Those conversations just weren't a thing in, as I was growing up. It just wasn't something you'd talk about. And it took, you know, losing a friend to w- wake me up to, oh, my goodness, there's people out there who are really, really struggling. And... And a guy, you know, my mate Richard, who we lost, 99% of the people that knew him would have had no idea, which just really scared me because I was like, I wonder if any of my other mates are are going through similar things. So it really just woke something up in me. And at the time, I didn't know a lot about mental health conversations. I think a lot of, you know, Richard's friendship group, my mates, we kind of negotiated that together and we didn't really know how to there wasn't as much information out there those days and we didn't really even know to look for it I, I think we just kind of just got around each other and just checked in on each other hey how you going how, how's your week all that kind of stuff but it really took me about a year or two and I'll talk about it in that chapter before I spoke publicly about it I just wasn't equipped to I just wasn't ready to that's I, right and I didn't know what to say but but mm. I'm really glad that I did because even though it was really difficult you know I struggled through it when I spoke about it on radio when I got through it and I started to get responses from people and complete strangers telling me that those words meant something to them, I realized that I had a platform to, to actually to put some positive change into this discourse and get more men in particular and young men feeling comfortable enough to, to ask their mates, hey, mate, are you doing all right? You seem a bit flat, just to get those conversations going. So, look, it's, it's a work in progress, but, you know, you've got to keep chipping away. Absolutely. And, I mean, talking about your situation as well with your mate, how and, – and I know there'll be, there'll be people tuning in to Sam that, that aren't aware of your story, so a mate of yours died by suicide. Moving forward now, you know, being 10, 12 years ago when, when this happened, what, what, what have been the bigger, biggest changes that you've seen that's happened in, in the space of things like Are You OK and, and other organisations like that? What, what, what's the biggest thing? Because I'm really big on we've made a big step. We've come a long way and, you know, it was pre-210, like you said. There was no Are You OK Day. There was no Black Dog Ride. How much has changed and, and also how much more work have we got to do? Because that's my focus 
Where yeah. are we? Where have we come from? And where do we need to be? What are your thoughts? I think it's been a phenomenal change. You know, just talking from my personal experience, I think that mental health conversations these days are so welcomed. You know, if if any of our friends said, hey, look, I'm, I'm pretty flat, like things are not going well in my relationship or, you know, work, I just lost my job. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people lost their jobs last year, of course. I think s- most people are really in tune with that these days and are welcoming those conversations and and people feel safe and comfortable to reach out to their friends and to have those conversations. And I think that's been a huge leap in 10 years. 10 years isn't really that long when you no, think about it. So no. to go from where things were at pre-2010 to where they're at now, even workplaces are now much more, not all workplaces, but I think generally speaking, most workplaces are a bit more in tune with this and put in effort and will we'll understand if people do have mental health situations, yep. which is just terrific. I think where, where it needs to go, I feel that it, the trajectory is good. I feel that it, it's heading in the right way. I'd like to see things like people being allowed to have seven mental health days a year, and it's, it's like a sickie, but it's just like, hey, got to put my hand up. Things are getting a bit overwhelming at my home life. I want to use one of my mental health days. I know that some workplaces around the world actually do that already, yeah. but not many, but I'd love to see that. And that's just normalising it. You know, yep. you, if you're... If you're feeling sick, if you get a cold, you have a couple of days off, you, you need to like take time to recoup. You know, well, sometimes we have issues mentally where we need that time to recoup as well. Yeah, so true. So true. Absolutely. I think a lot of the things too is we've got to remember that you don't know what you don't know. So if you're walking down the street, and you mentioned this before, or you touched on it a little bit, when you're walking down the street in your life, if you've never, ever had mental health brought into your life of any way, shape or form, you just don't know about it. Mm. You know, you don't know if your mates are struggling because you don't know what to look for. You know, I think a bit of education is something that you ask Nards, where do we need to be? I think if we could educate ourselves a little bit better and there are mental health first aid courses out there and there are other things that can help everybody in their day-to-day life, I think that's really something that we could all work towards, I think, is self-education more than anything else, you know. And I since- agree, and I think I think on that point, I think you know, let let's get it in schools. Like, let's get kids, you know, yep. even as young generational as, change. Yeah, even as young as like five, six year olds, and it doesn't have to be you know focusing on the suicide no, or no, the, no. the really no. scary stuff. It's literally just saying it's important to look out for your friends if they seem a little sad. Like, put it in their language for their age group. So then it just becomes part of growing up and it's just normal. It's just normal to go, you don't have to internalise these these problems or these situations that you're dealing with. It's not all on you. You've got all these people that are there for you that are going to support you, you know, and and share it. At the end of the day, we're bringing up a generation of people who will be better than us. We always want to give our children or, you know, the next generation something better, don't we? Whether it's more income or better education or whether it's, but if we can make them better people, that's the, that's even a way bigger thing. I mean, I've got grandchildren and and my grandson who's just started school, he's the kind of kid who comes home and goes, oh, my friend today wasn't feeling so-and-so. Now he doesn't know, he knows about the conversations that we have around our house about everybody looking after each other, but he doesn't really know how to identify with that. But if you walk the walk as you do, mate, you're walking the walk, you talk the talk, not you don't have to talk about this all the time and that's you certainly don't and I think that's a great part of what you do you lead by example without dragging everything into a spotlight necessarily Um, but if we can walk the walk then we're going to find that our kids are going to just do things absolutely naturally better for each other as we go forward. Oh and like Sam said you know put it 
in their words, in their terminology, something that makes sense to them. It doesn't need to be heavy. It's just about feeling sad. I was a bit down today. And Hmm. absolutely. Bernie and I lock horns a little bit, Sam, in that. Gee. Like, I agree with him (laughs) as much as I hate to (laughs) say that. Um, But I, I know you only know what you know, but I think it's it's 2021. Mental health, it's real. And I think it's up to us, whether it's affected us directly or indirectly, that we all need to educate ourselves a little bit on it. Yeah. All right. I'll lock horns with you. Let's go. <laughs> if you've never had cancer, how do you know you've got it? How do you know how to treat it? And where's the identifier? Yeah, but the key words that I used there, Bernie, was educate yourself on it. So I'm not saying that that you need to have gone through something to know what someone's experiencing, but I think it's it's our job, it's our commitment to life that we educate ourselves a little bit on it. If even if it is jumping on the Beyond Blue website and you know doing a course online there and just finding out some key things to look for, and it can be as basic as like what you've said, Sam, looking out for your mates, checking out for them, knowing some signs. You don't need to be the expert, just need to be that decoy or the sounding board for someone. I, I think we owe it to well, I think, our community. I think on that, on, on what you guys are saying there, I think, and this is something that I also talk about in the book, in this chapter, um, is I feel that, and, and maybe I felt like this myself and a lot of my friends feel that, oh, uh, maybe I'm not going to have that conversation with my friend who's clearly going through something because number one, I'm scared of making it worse. And that's what people really feel that. Or number two, because, oh, I don't know how to fix that situation. Now, that's the big and thing. what I'll say in response to that is you don't have to fix it. You, no one's expecting you to fix it. And, you know, I say when I talk to people about mental health, I'm not a psychiatrist. I, I'm not a counsellor. I'm not going to be the person... 24 seven that you can contact, you know, of course for my family or friends, yes, but not to, you know, people who I met through social media or whatever. So what, what it really comes down to for me, and this is kind of, and I'm simplifying it because I think it's good to simplify it because then it's accessible to everyone, you know, and what it comes down to, to me is it's better to say something to your friend who you think is really struggling than to say nothing. And, and why I say that is because people are scared to say something in case they say the wrong thing. But my rebuttal to that is if you say something, even if you muddle the words up or you don't quite nail what you were trying to say, what that does is it shows your friend that someone cares. So you just reaching out and, and they're not start alone in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, that's a huge thing for people who are going through mental health challenges just to see, Oh, I didn't even think that that person who sits next to me at work every day would even care about my personal life. Of course they do most of the time. So just, just trying to have the conversation that's the big tick. That's the symbolic thing that a lot of the time will wake that person up to go, I'm not alone. I don't have to handle this all by myself. I've got a, a friend here who's clearly trying to help me. And, and that's a, it's a simple thing, but it's an important thing because I, I, don't want, I don't want people thinking they have to solve the world or they have to have all the answers or they have to be able to fix. They're not going to fix your relationship, fix your job. But what they're going to do is show you that, hey, there's support here. You know, you're yeah. not alone. And the very reason for yeah. our podcast is that. 
is to do exactly that, to share to the world that Nards and I aren't experts either. And we learn from you and, and you from us. And if we can all learn a little bit from each other, it's a good thing. Do yeah. you actually, do you advocate to your mates and people that you're talking to, to find a distraction in life? I mean, I'm looking at you. Um, I know everybody listening to us can't see your beautiful big smile, but in behind you, I'm seeing a guitar. So there's yeah. distractions. <laughs> is that what you do, mate? Do you grab a guitar to keep yourself feeling yeah. good? Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I mean, and I'm no musician. <laughs> well, I normally have that there in the hope that um, the the show that I'm on will ask me to perform. Uh, <laughs> it's my non-subtle hint. Um, no, no. I honestly, music, listening to music, and in my case, also playing music, is a form of meditation. So you know, often I will finish work on a Friday. I'll finish my commitments. The first thing I'll do in the afternoon, when all the work is done, I will grab a beer. I will sit down by myself because. I need my alone time because my job is so much about people and I love that, but it takes energy and it takes time. You know, this You've morning got to, I probably you got to recharge your battery. You do. I probably met 150 people this morning. It was great. But I reach a point of the day where I need a breather. I need my own Sam time. And the way I do that is strum, butcher a few songs on the guitar, <laughs> have a beer, half an hour, and then I just feel a little this bit This is cleansed. not lunch, and- is it? <laughs> no, 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 not lunch. Um, hey, I get up at 3.30. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, and everyone's got their own version of that. You know, for some people it's, you know, go for a swim or maybe it's going for a walk or, yeah. or cooking, whatever it is. But you need to have those things that just kind of reset you and, and make you feel yourself and make you feel good. And it's something that takes your mind off all the noise and clutter that might be bringing you down. Because it's very easy to keep circling and circling and circling inside your own head without without moving outside to find something. Yeah, good point, mate. Mm, well done. Yeah, great advice. So your book, obviously we were lucky enough to talk to you on, on launch week, basically, and Bernie and yeah. I have, have almost finished the book. Yep. We've Oh wow. Really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. We've we've been sharing the one. Bernie's yep. too tight to buy one himself. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Bernie, I need those sales. Yeah, right, right. I was <laughs> waiting for the, the launch. I was waiting for the <laughs> Um there's so many varied chapters in there from your mum and, and obviously from your mate and the human emoji. In there. There's so much. <laughs> Carol. <but> Carol. <laughs> the, the few people that I've told because, you know, I've only had the book for a few days, it, it is it is bloody good for your mental health to read your book, Sam Mack. <laughs> Thank you. It Thank really, you. really is. And I guess as well your personality comes out in it a hell of a lot. And like what Bernie said, what you radiate is that positivity and that fun. I think the first, I laid in bed the first night and I read the first few lines and I was laughing and David goes, surely it's not funny yet. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, it is. It is an awesome book and congratulations and well done. And, and obviously well done for dedicating a a chapter to, to mental health really. Oh no, look, you're sharing your life every single day. You, 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 you clearly aren't scared to to open the book of yourself to everybody, and I think that's what um, is the draw card for people to come and watch you and listen to you and, and be gravitated towards you. And I think you know, kudos to you for that, because mm. that's not an easy thing to do, especially in the environment that you work in. Because I'm guessing that's a fairly cutthroat world at times. Yeah. Um, but you know, if to be able to do that is 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 I suppose the biggest gift that you can give to somebody is a chunk of yourself. Thank you guys. That, that's that you've said some lovely things about the book and it's really exciting. Obviously, like you said, it is launch week. So I'm now literally over the last 24 hours, I've started to get people who've already read it and I'm getting feedback and 
you know, I wrote a lot of this almost a year ago. You know, I started writing it a year ago and, you know, I've forgotten little bits that I've written and people are mentioning yep. certain people that are in there or phrases or jokes. And I was like, oh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people obviously uh, are talking about the mental health chapter because I think, as you guys will find throughout the book, most of the book is fun, silly, absurd adventures, beautiful characters that I've met, travels, unique places around Australia. But then the mental health chapter, the Richard is the chapter with the name of my mate who we lost, mm-hmm. is is a big change of pace. It's a big change of pace and it and it needed to be that. And it was the most difficult chapter to write, but it was also the most, it's the most important chapter in the book. And, you know, I recorded the audio book version of it. You know, I, I voiced my own oh, really? audio. So yeah, okay. yeah. If you want to hear six hours of my voice. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, funny you say that, Sam, because Josh has just uh, sneaked a little message to me. I want to know when the audio's, audio book's out, please. <laughs> so well, just answer that. It is, it is out. It, uh, yeah, as of yesterday, it's officially, it's officially out. But I, I brought that up because um, this is a prime example. You know, we're obviously talking about mental health today. That chapter, reading that chapter was so difficult. It was, it's one thing to write those things down. You know, I wrote that chapter. That took a long time to write. And I really, it really took me back to that time because I had to think about where was I when I got the phone call? What did I do immediately after the phone call? Who did I speak to? What did I do in the days after that? How did I feel at Richard's funeral when his parents arrived? All of those things that I think you naturally block a lot of that out just as a way of coping with it. normal. Yeah normal human thing to do is to block those really painful moments out. But in writing a book, you have to go back there. And it was really tough. And the, the audio book, doing that chapter, I struggled through it and you'll hear it. Like I, I actually couldn't get through it in, in patches. And I said to the guys after, I said, I don't want you to edit that. I don't want you to tidy that up. I want you to leave it as it is because I'm not ashamed to cry or to feel sad about losing a friend. And if I can't, have those conversations and battle through and say what I need to say, even if I do break down or cry, if I can't get to the end, then it would be hypocritical of me to try to encourage other men to have those conversations. Absolutely. So it's so that I did it and I'm really proud of it. And, you know, it's confronting to listen to because the, most of the audio book, most of the book, as you guys know, is silly, it's fun, it's wacky, it's, it's good vibes, it's positivity, which is a huge part of who I am but I've also had a tragic life experience. Yes. Was that therapeutic too, though, Sam, in, in a sense? Because I, I think crying and, and breaking down as such and, and making yourself vulnerable like that has a sense of it is quite therapeutic. Would you agree? Did, did you I think, find I think it? you need it. I think, I think you need it and, and everyone's different, you know. Like a lot of people would never, ever do something like that publicly. You know, it's, it's a very private thing and I respect and understand that, but... Look, most of what I do is public and I know that as difficult as some of those moments are, I know that it's actually helping. I've had personal connections with strangers. I've mm. had, you know, emails and letters written to me that, that have blown my mind, people that have not committed suicide because of something they've heard me say. And I've had a number of examples like that that I talk about in the book. Yeah, you have. So that's become almost my mission in a sense is to just do my bit in that space and, and hope, hopefully help. Good on you. you and, and to see the passion. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, the passion in you now, it, this happened a long time ago. That's, yeah, good on you. You never forget. You ne- no. You never, you, you never, ever. No, time. I'm not saying time heals. No, but no, no. to see still the passion well, in look, Sam you know, is. It's the passion of losing a very close friend. Yeah. It's just, you know, friend, family member. You, you, 
it always will have that when you can properly reflect on it. And I, I agree with you, mate. You can you can detach yourself when you're talking about different things at times yeah. to, to motor through. Um, but yeah, at other you can times, have a surface, you can have a surface level version of yeah, it, you know. And correct. I think most people almost have like a, a little auto phrase yeah. that they say, and it's you're almost not really letting yourself go there. But yeah. but then there are other times, you know, probably when you're catching up with other people who knew the person you'd lost when you had that connection, you you were close, and you kind of open up a little bit. Um, that's when it really can take you back to what that feeling is like. Yeah. yeah. But what I love overall yeah. is the fact that if you want to encompass. And let's take your book as a part one little tiny part of your life. What you've encompassed is is a bit of a, a life bubble. There's a lot of fun. There's a bit of emotion. There's roller coasters that go. That's life. That is what it is. Yeah. And you pick yourself up, yeah. find your positives, keep motoring forward, so that you're the best person that you can possibly be. Absolutely. Nard's going to try to How's, rip a little bit out. Oh of no, you. no. Oh, <laughs> before we come on air, I was telling Josh a little bit about your book and how was how you took your mum and dad and your sister overseas. That was I was crying yeah. reading that. Oh, were you? Yeah, that was such a beautiful thing to do. I'm a oh, parent and I'm also a child, yeah. and that was just what a lot of thought and yeah. yeah, it was pretty special. Amazing. So my parents, my parents are mum and dad are both from Northern Ireland, from Belfast, and they they met in Australia, but. Any anyone who knows much about Ireland is, you know, would be aware that they had what they called the troubles. So they had a lot of issues in the sort of, you know, seventies, eighties, mm-hmm. even before that, with um, I guess religious warfare in a sense. It was Catholic, Protestant. We're talking about car bombs, stabbings. It was a really scary time there, and that was around the time that my my dad was basically he was seventeen, eighteen years old, and his mum, my grandma said, you're going, you're, you're going on a ship, you're going, you're going to Australia. And he didn't know anything about Australia. There was no Google back then. He's just going, mm. all right, I'm going to Australia, whatever that is. He mm. gets to Australia. A year or two later, he meets mum because all the all the communities would stick together. You know, the Greeks stick together, the Irish stick together, the Italians. It was just how it was. And um, they have never been back. They had not been back to Ireland, you know, in what, 45, almost 50 years. They'd never been back. My parents aren't big travellers. They don't have a hell of a lot of money and they just, they're happy in Australia and they'd always have this mentality of, oh, we left those troubles behind. But for years and years and years, I thought I'd love to take them back there. So for Christmas 2016, because I've been away a lot, I've been working hard, I've been making pretty good money. I thought they're not going to book this themselves. I'm just booking it for them and I'm booking the dates and it's a surprise and I'm taking my sister and we're all going to do this. So I surprised them and um, I put the uh i gave them an andre ryu dvd as a christmas present <laughs> just to see what their reaction would be oh and, wow and Yay. neither of them neither, <laughs> they, neither of them have ever mentioned liking his music i mean i don't know who does but obviously on the bestsellers anyway so they opened the the, the wrapping and it's andre ryu and, and mum like she was trying to pretend to be excited just like oh great great andre <laughs> Right, right, you. <laughs> and then I said, oh, yeah, open it up. And they opened it up and I had a note there that it said, mum and dad, you're going to Ireland in 2017. And it was just so special. And then to go over there and to experience that with them, to see them coming back to their homeland and like that's the pub that, you know, we used to go, that's the school that I went to. And I talk about in that chapter what that showed to me, I never even looked at how much that cost because it was all about this is, you can't put a price on that no, family no memory. And I honestly, it's the best thing I've done in my life, I think, because we always laugh about it. Anytime one of us brings it up, our eyes, our faces light up and we think about how fun that was as a family. 
And mm. it's it's taught me a few lessons, and I talk about that in the chapter. And the, the main lesson from that, and it's, obviously it's not a holiday for everyone, but the main lesson for that is to, if you're thinking about doing something nice for someone in your life or for your family or whatever it is, do it. Do it, do it yeah. now. We learned last year that things can be taken away from you. Mm. So while you can do it, if there's something you want to do, do it today or do it tomorrow, but do it. Um, you just got to make it happen now. You don't know what's around the corner. You know what, Sam? What One of our closing questions is if we gave you a billboard to put up in Sydney, Adelaide, wherever you want to put it up, big, massive billboard to the world, what would you put on that billboard? Uh, do it today. Do Ooh, it today. I like now, that it. Can mean- that can mean a lot of, I mean, I might be sued by Nike for just do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that can mean a lot of different things. Um, do it today could mean tell that person that you love them. It could mean change careers. Yep. You know, that career yep. that you're thinking about, that you're yep. passionate about, do it today. It could be start learning the violin. It could be absolutely anything. But that would be my message. Do it today because... Um, life's short and you've got to make it happen. You don't know what's around the corner. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Hey, mate, right, let's rip off a few quick questions because I know you've got to go. Thank you very much. How about this, whiskey or rum? Ooh, um, I've spent a bit of time in Scotland and uh, I love a wee dram of whiskey. Oh, me too. <laughs> man after my own heart. So text or call? I, I regrettably say text mm, because it's, it's just quicker. It's efficient. But, like, but a call a call is a good, you know, for a special occasion like a friend's birthday or something, call. But for just day-to-day stuff, text. Do you prefer giving or receiving? <laughs> it's a bit forward. Uh, <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> I, you know nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer giving, honestly, because that holiday we were just talking about with my family, that's one of the best things I've done in my life. And, yeah, yeah of course it was expensive, but – I got so much joy out of seeing my parents enjoying that that experience and that moment and, you know, that stroll down memory lane. Yep. Are you an Instagram or a Facebook guy? Both, but I, I think I get more enjoyment out of Instagram. Righto. Good. Prefer adult life or high school life? <laughs> um, adult life because you've got the means to actually go wherever you want and do it. And no one's going to tell you you've got to be home by 10.30. You can, <laughs> you can live your best life. <laughs> Do you scrunch or fold? <laughs> um, what I fold, yeah. I what about you guys? What you- but, uh, it depends where I am, actually. I'll fan <laughs> this out. After all these episodes that we've done now and everyone answering those questions, of course, well done. Nobody else has ever asked us, so good job. Um, <laughs> I. It depends on my environment. Yeah, fair enough. I'm a scruncher and I really didn't know before we started this podcast that people actually folded. (laughs) So scrunch for me. If you've learned one thing from this whole experience of doing the podcast is that some people fold their toilet paper. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that makes it all worthwhile. Absolutely. But uh, overall, just before you do, Nards, if you don't mind, overall, mate, thanks. I mean, that's what Nards was going to say, thanks. But um, just for everyone listening, this is not a Sam Mack book launch podcast. This is us talking to Sam Mack, you guys listening to a beautiful person who spreads positivity through the world, making it a better place. We can all learn something from a man who shares a bit of emotion and just puts life on the best pedestal he possibly can. So from me to you, mate, I really appreciate your time. Crack on with what you're doing and, uh, and hopefully we can all make a big difference. Thank you. That's that's very kind, Bernie. Thanks, um, Sam. Daddy, I've I've loved I've loved being on with you guys, and well done for for doing you know your work and putting your time into this space. And I'm I'm sure you're you're positively impacting a number of people's lives, and some of them you might never even meet or hear of, but it's something you should be proud of. So good job. Thank you. 
This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing. This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.